you know, why not have the determination to always want more and the, the, the drive to continue to improve and progress and get more and achieve more and give more and do more and experience more, yet the ability in your own mind and in your own heart to give yourself such meaning and depth to what you're doing now that allows you to feel pure, pure joy and, and true deep fulfillment in each and every day of your life. And the reason I bring this up, because the other thing that happened while I was living in that village um, was I had a little bout of malaria that I fought with. Holy and growing up in Southern California, we tend to fix all disease with green drink meditation and, you know, uh, sleep. So I, I tried all three and it didn't work. And I even argued with the doctor for you know, about a half a month saying, oh, no, I'll just meditate my way through it. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All right. So I got to tell you, on the front end of this, we had multiple technical issues and I deliberated not too long actually because and and this interview was probably two months ago so I had to go back and listen and I decided that there is this epic technological fail at the most insane time and I'm just going to let it fly let it ride it's not too bad there there again there are a few issues but i think you'll thoroughly enjoy this uh jared gets into some really really good stuff if you happen to be a person seeking your own purpose in life so to speak uh some great tips here so sit back tune in and enjoy and i appreciate your forgiveness for what can only be considered an act of God, technology issues. But I think they add a little flavor to the episode. Enjoy. All righty, here we go. Welcome back, Habits to Goals listeners. I hope you're ready for a fantastic interview with the one and only Jarek Robbins. He is, as you may already know, a number one best-selling author He's a fantastic keynote speaker. He's got tons, and I mean tons, of just really powerful personal development information, whether it's on his Facebook page, on his blog, his YouTube channel. So with that, let's give a warm welcome to JR. Jarek Robbins, how you doing, sir? Good, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone who's listening, for taking a few moments of life to share your ears with us and listen in. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, um, as I had mentioned, you are a phenomenal veteran of the industry, a, a terrific student of personal development. So I know this is going to be a wonderful treat. So everybody sit back, turn up the volume, find a semi-quiet place to tune in. Hey, uh, Jarek, we always kick this off with what we call the GTR. That is the Good Things Report. So uh, you got a good thing for me? Sure. I, I, 
think something that's really good that that's happened is my mom has been struggling in her health oh, and no. little by little, she was starting to lose her eyesight. She was starting, you know, when uh, a few weeks ago, she was struggling even to walk to the bathroom and back with oh. a walker. Oh no. And oh. you know, her blood pressure was dropping and, and it was really interesting. I, it took some time to go and see her. So I, I just packed everything up, moved my office to, Asheville, North Carolina for a week mm. and flew on out there, hung out with her, spent time with her, loved on her, you know, talked with her. And, and what was the good thing for the report here was that following week after those conversations and after helping her kind of map out a plan and come up with a way to, to help get her back in gear, um, she went from barely being able to literally walk to the bathroom, which was 30 steps, I counted, uh, to she did 30.5 miles on her Pilates machine of movement over the next, I think, nine days. And so it, it was wow. pretty phenomenal when you take time to, to love on those around you and help them figure out what the plan is and help them organize an opportunity to really go out and make something happen. It, it's always a blessing and, and some great news when you see them taking action and actually applying what it is you share with them. And, you know, I was teasing her the other day. I'm like, when's the last time you did 30 miles in a week? She's like, shoot, I don't know, 20 years ago. <laughs> right. And and so to see her step up, take action, and apply what we talked about and to immediately see results pop up in her life was truly a blessing. So a few things I think that what makes this remarkable is you, you take the time, you kind of shut it down here in San Diego, you pack it up, and you um, make – the time necessary, the priority for family. And, uh, obviously you're busy. You got a million things going on, but you stop and you do, you know, I mean, obviously subjective, but I, I think what is, is the right thing to do. So that's incredible. And, and you just took the time. So you leave her in a, in a better place and, uh, sounds like she's, she's stronger for the visit. Yeah, she's crushing it. So she's on track. She's making some progress. Still has a long way to go. Uh, at the same time, though, it's beautiful seeing her step up and apply it. And, you know, I, I help people all day long as, as a living, as a performance coach. I get to work with individuals and help optimize their performance. So it's kind of what I do. Right. Um, but you know what? Fam- family first. When, when your family needs you, shut everything down and go be there for them and, and help them and support them and love them. And, and really give them your all. And, and if you're willing to do that, you know, it's nice helping people I haven't met and it's, it's beautiful helping clients and friends. Um, but, but there's something very special about being able to show up for the ones closest to you when they need you and, and see them actually take what you share and actually apply it. And then there's magic in that. So a lot of props to her for stepping up and applying it. Yeah. Well, props to you for, for doing, <laughs> I mean, just doing the right thing. Um, and, and yeah, I got to imagine for all the skills and talents you have, um, can't be any more rewarding than doing it for those you love. Well, quick transition. So my GTR is much simpler, a bit of what, what I touched on, on the, on the open with you, uh, just a packed day, really good team meeting in the morning, managed to, turn it around, rip it back to the beach, do a quick workout, and uh, just back here in the office, cranking out a couple interviews and podcasts, and you're at the top of the list. So, JR, thanks again for taking the time. I'm going to set this up real quick for the the listener, and 
I think they know because they've heard this before. So, so when things cross my, and I even said this to Jarek, when they cross my radar, and I'm guessing you're the same, just a few times, um, maybe a few too many times, then I start to really pay attention. And so it's probably a couple of years ago. I'm getting out of the surf. It's around sunset. Actually, it was, I think it was a week and it wasn't a sunset. Um, and I see, JR running down the boardwalk and I'm like, what was that Jared? So I, I track him down. My kids would have said I, I was stalking him. We had a very nice chat. He took the time to connect. Um, and then we stayed semi close and we just couldn't make the interview work. A couple months ago, I'm getting out of the surf at sunset and there he, <laughs> there he is again on the boardwalk. He says he's, He's moved in town for at least for a few months, so we are making it work for the podcast and for the H2G listener. Um, Jarek, I like to get into a bit of background. I, I mean, you're, you're a performance coach, but you're also a coach to coaches. You're doing a lot of neat projects, but when I talk about background, I mean like, where did you go to high school? Where did you go to college? How did you find your foray, your first foray into the the space? And then I want to know about a big challenge. So kick it off maybe in high school. What part of the world were you in? Sure. So San Diego, California is where I grew up. Beautiful. Um, spent, spent most of my adolescence here, North County. Um, went to high school in the Costa Canyon Nice. I, I was a average student, nothing very <laughs> special, um, just someone who showed up and, you know, had a lot of fun and enjoyed myself, uh, until about senior year, I decided to kick it in gear and go for it. I, I started immersing myself in personal development material and really applying it, not just learning it. So things changed all of a sudden I went from a, you know, BC student to a straight A student. Hmm. Um, I, I decided that there was a, a certain, there was three schools I applied to for college and the, it was ironic. The one that said no was the one I wanted to go to the most. So I decided I was going there no matter what. And I, and I put into practice everything I'd learned. So I set a goal. I knew what I wanted. Uh, I figured out why it was a must to make it happen. And I, I submitted my application. They said, and so I, I spent the next 20, I think it was 24 days in a row going to the admissions office every single day. Wow. And, and just figuring out like, how can I get in? And they're like, well, we said, no, try again next semester or try again next year. <laughs> I was like, nah, come on. There's always a way. And, and so I was talking to them and, and learning and, and coming in and figuring out what are all the different options that people can apply and late apply and reapply and apply to different programs and all kinds of stuff. And, and within that time period, I finally found a way in. And so I think it was about you know, 30 something days later, I got my letter that I was going to University of San Diego, private, private Catholic school here in San Diego. Yeah. It's an and, amazing and campus. Phenomenal yeah, campus. Totally beautiful. Great, great, great experience. Um, there's a handful of things I did while I was there that, that really helped shape my perspective coming out. Um, I, I studied psychology. I was there, but I, I, I took two different semesters. The first semester I, I did semester at sea, which was a 110 day voyage around the world. We stopped in seven different countries, had anywhere between, you know, seven to 10 days in each country. And it, it was amazing. I mean, we sailed around the world on a ship. We, we left Vancouver and we went to Japan and China and India and Thailand and Vietnam and Tanzania and South Africa, Brazil, Venezuela, back up to Florida. 
and, and along this journey of, you know, transitioning from a U.S. citizen to a world citizen and becoming someone who, you know, not just studied psychology, but, but really truly got to walk into different countries all around the world and see stuff that was just on pages come to life where you're studying cross-cultural and collectivist cultures and, and how they act and how they communicate and talk and look and all this stuff. And, you know, you walk into China and you go, wow, that's really how they are here. That's amazing. <laughs> right. And you studied the background of it and you studied what, what brought them there and what caused it and what are the, the things they like and don't like and how things work there. And you go, wow, that's fascinating. And, you know, I was studying another class was human sexuality and that was fascinating because as we went around the world, you learned how cultures dated, how they courted each other, how they communicated with each other, right. what was acceptable and not acceptable in relationships. And so we, you know, go to Africa and we'd go sit. We couldn't sit in bars, but we'd sit outside of them and, and watch people, you know, older couples kind of flirt with each other or talk to each other or engage each other at different levels. And I was like, oh, way here. <laughs> and, and it was fascinating. And, and one thing that happened on that journey was one really truly experiencing what was going on in the world. And I remember getting to South Africa, going into a, a shanty town, which is made up of tons of these little, um, you know, tin houses that people had put together. And it's just four tin walls and a tin roof with a tin door and a little, you know, cut out hole in the roof. It's a, kind of a place for light to come in. And what was fascinating is, you know, on average, once a month or once every other month, a bulldozer would come through and mow down their whole city. Oh. And it was it was crazy seeing how much poverty there was and what real poverty looked like comparably. Like right, you see homeless people and you know people struggling, but you don't see people struggling at this level. And and so I remember walking into a building that was shaped kind of like a, uh, maybe an apartment building, and we walked into the hallway and you saw like the black tarnished smoke and you know, soot up against the wall where someone had an open fire in the building. Mm. And then you go into one of the rooms and they showed us and there's two single beds and it's a little tiny, uh, you know, a couple hundred square foot room, maybe the size of like a, a standard dorm room in most universities here, you know, and they open the room, there's two single beds, like a, you know, a single university student would sleep on. And they said, Oh, this is a two family room. There's, you know, roughly, uh, 10 to 12 people that sleep in this room every night mm. and you look around and you're like, where the heck do they sleep? And mm. they're like, well, each, it, it's a family bed. So that single bed, that little tiny bed is, is for a family of, you know, anywhere between four to five people. And you're like, wow. You're like, well, where do they put their stuff? And you look on the wall and there's like five nails and each nail is one person's closet and they have a, a shirt and a pair of pants. Yeah. They don't have cool. stuff. Wow. And, and so it's wild of seeing that kind of poverty and those kind of experiences, meeting the people, beautiful people who are doing the best they can with what they have, where they are, trying to maximize what they can do with their life. And, and something opened up in my heart and I, I decided, I was like, wow, you know, if, if they're willing to put in the effort and try to maximize their life, I'm willing to come back and share whatever I've learned along the way to hopefully help them. And so I, I saw people who are willing to put in the effort. I saw people who wanted to do something and wanted a better life. And I said, hey, you know, I've been blessed to be around lots of opportunities and lots of people who have taught me so much and, and how to really truly get the most out of life. So maybe I can come back here and share. And so I, I decided the next semester to take it off. I packed up all my stuff and I moved to a village, a rural farming village in, in East Africa. And hmm. I, I went there to go teach. And I was teaching organic farming. 
you know, help the farmers make the most of their land and, and really truly get their crops back and get their businesses up and booming. So and you, took, you took you took a you, sorry to interrupt. You took a semester out of uh, college after you returned to go back and and serve like that. Yeah, wow. it was wow. you know midway through. So got it. I I went over. It was great, and then. After that, I decided to go back to keep helping. Right. And, and so I went back and spent three months living in a village volunteering and, and teaching organic farming, teaching English at the school and helping out wherever I could and and learned a lot about life. The, the keys there in learning about life, because there's no running water, no electricity, no toilets, we're, we're learning, you know, how do you find fulfillment in the simplest of things? How do you find joy in a sunrise? How do you, you know, really, truly, how do you find purpose in you know, just helping a guy kind of build a stove out of clay. Like that's not fancy or, or technically savvy or anything. It's just doing the basic stuff. But how do you really find that joy? So, um, uh, sorry, a <laughs> uh, couple questions here. So that's one of my observations in, in the poorest of situation societies, happiness, um, is almost endemic. It's, it's like there's a real sustained happiness. And I'm wondering what your take on that is. Um, you know, they're, they're sleeping 12 people in a room and they're, they're still smiling and they're giving what they have and they're contributing. Um, how, how do you explain that? So I'm not a huge fan of people being like, oh, why are these poor people so happy and these rich people so miserable? I, I don't think it's that easy because there's miserable poor people and there's happy rich people. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and, and so what I look for is I look at what are all the qualities that exist in every village around the world, whether your village is Los Angeles or your village is, you know, Kangalamira Pineapple Village in, in Uganda. Um, and, and, and regardless of the village, there's certain people who choose to be happy and fulfilled and there's certain people who choose to be flipping miserable no matter how great or bad it is. And, and so I, I looked for that and I looked for, you know, really, truly what you're asking is what's the difference? How come some people can be so freaking happy with well, nothing and some people can yeah, be miserable? Yeah, I was with asking it? specifically the, 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 and I, I think I picked up the answer there. So, so you're, your observation is they they are making this choice, yeah. Because I wasn't pitting it against uh, just for clarity, rich people and poor people. I'm just saying I have this picture up. I spent some time in Tahiti surfing, and there's kids that I know they don't have a pot to piss in, and they're in a canoe paddling towards our. You know, we're staying on some ridiculous yacht, and they're. They're waving and their peace sign and, you know, and, and it's pure, the, what I titled the, the picture is pure stoke. And so that's the question. And, and it sounds like you're, you're noticing some key traits in the society. And, and it also sounds like you're suggesting that they're, they're making either a subconscious or conscious choice to be happy. Yes, they're making a choice. Okay, good. And and that choice exists everywhere. And I'll, sure. I'll, I'll give you a more specific view on that choice. Um, but but you see it everywhere. You know, some of the people there really weren't happy with being there. Right. And 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 some of the people there absolutely loved it. And I looked around and tried to figure out what was the difference. Got it. And so in observing that, 
um, you know, I, I just watched and watched and watched. And one person that stood out specifically that was really remarkable was this, this little old man who was basically the janitor of a clinic about a hundred yards outside of where I was staying. And so I was staying in a broken down old schoolhouse. It, it you know, it, it's just an empty kind of building. All the windows were, were broken out and the, the bars were bent and stuff like that. It was just old, no, no real doors on the actual facility entrance. But then if in the back rooms, they had created two rooms, one for guys, one for girls, and it had a lock on the door that we could put our stuff in and, and sleep in at night. Got and it. so we were staying in the back room of this little schoolhouse and about a hundred yards outside of the window, um, these big metal tin windows that had locks on them. So we'd unlock them in the morning and push them open. And about a hundred yards out, there was this little clinic, which is like a mini hospital for the village. And so at the clinic, there was a little old man. He was a janitor or the caretaker, and he slept inside of this little tiny closet, like a broom closet, and a little cot in there, and he slept inside of the closet. And every single morning, this little man would get up, and he'd go out to the front porch, and he'd sweep this dirt path from the front porch all the way out to the main road. Hmm. And he'd, he'd just sweep the path, you know, step, step, sweep, sweep. Step, step, sweep, sweep. Just sweep the path real slow and easy. Super and he'd get to the road, kind of stretch his back, turn around, work his way all the way back to the front porch. And something special happened because every day he'd get to the front porch. He'd kind of stand up straight, put a big smile on his face. And, and he just looked so damn proud of mm-hmm. what he was doing. And I remember looking at this guy and being like, wow, like that guy is experiencing joy for whatever it is he believes he's doing. Obviously, he's just sweeping dirt off a path, but why does it bring him so much joy? And and it looked like purpose, like a, like almost like this guy was on a mission. He just enjoyed it so flipping much. Mm. And it was every morning at, at sunrise, no matter what, never missed, every day. And like after 10 days, who cares, 20 days, that's nice. You know, after like 35, 40, 50 days in a row, it's like, wow, this guy never misses. He always does it. And he seems so flippin' happy every single day because of it. And so I, I just, I had to ask him. So I remember going over there and translate because he didn't speak English and in the local language called Luganda, just Uganda with the L in front of it. And, and so we were, we were talking to this guy and we asked him, we said, you know, why do you do what you do? And he kind of shrugged his shoulders, looked back at my friend and, and said something. And she looked at me and said, he said, because I'm supposed to. <laughs> wow. I was like, no, like, why do you do what you do? And then so she kind of laughed a little. He's a question. And all of a sudden he got this huge smile on his face. And, and he said one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Huge, huge smile on his face. And she translated it. She said, he just said, she's like, that was beautiful. She said, he said, the reason I... No. <laughs> what? That is unbelievable. Jarek. Jarek. That's impossible. There's no way <laughs> at the climax of the story. Oh my goodness. All right, we got him back. <laughs> Okay. Oh, sorry about that. No, I'm just telling you. I I was like on the edge of my seat. There was so much build up. There was like five minutes of build up, and you're like, and then she got excited, and she turned to me and said, and then it was like cut off, and I was like, what? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I don't know how you can 
try to at least set that up. I think the, the um, you know, one of the last things you said was, you know, she said, or, or she, she said, what a beautiful answer. And, and then you can take it from there. I'll try to patch it together. Sure. That was funny. Uh, so yeah, whenever you're ready. Got it. So, so she turned back around and said, wow, what a beautiful response. And what he had said was he believes that every human being, whether it's a small child about to enter this world or a sick or elderly person about to leave this world, that they deserve a clear path to do so. And that's why he's sweeping? Yeah. And so what's interesting is I got to meet a man who lives in a broom closet, who sweeps leaves for a living, who had more purpose than, than most people I cross paths with every single day, whether they're a CEO, an executive, an entrepreneur, um, someone who does something so simple yet has such deep meaning and purpose tied that literally she lives a life filled with purpose. So I, I wanted to go in 10 different directions. Um, I wanted to know how much I got a couple kids that are about to go to college. So I want to know how much that program costs. And I want to talk about a few other things, but, but I'm going to stay on this purpose thread. So, uh, Let's think about that. So in this case, it seems because you're there's a correlation here between purpose and happiness. But but he has determined that's his purpose, whether we know that's arbitrary or some God given mission that he felt intrinsically. I, I guess my question is, if I'm listening to this, I'm the listener, Jarek, um, and I'm like, well, good for the guy who's sweeping the lawn. I don't know what my purpose is, right? Mm-hmm. I, the guy who's sweeping the, the sidewalk. What? How do I know what my purpose is? A lot of people so, don't know what their purpose is. Sure. It's a great question. I don't think it's about finding a purpose where it's like, oh, my gosh, I found it. My purpose is to sweep leaves. It's about taking what you're doing, sweeping leaves, and adding purpose to it adding meaning to it. And so all he, he could have shrugged his shoulders and said, Hey, I sweep leaves. I'm the janitor. That's what I do. Huh? I sleep in a closet. That's my life. But instead he had, you know, and he could have been miserable doing the same thing. Sure. And you know, a lot of people are, you go meet people who are janitors and not all of them. Some of them choose to be flipping miserable in the process. They hate their job. They can't stand their life. Their life sucks. They got stuck with this. Right. Um, versus, you know, I, uh, what's interesting is my dad was a janitor at one point and he loved helping people so much. It's kind of ironic. These two stories tie together. I didn't think sure. about it. Sure. Did I lose you? 14 again? years old. Oh. He, he was a janitor. And what, what's fascinating is he used to love people so much that he would run around at night when he was cleaning a building and leave little notes for people he didn't even know at the bank. At, four, at 14? Yep. Wow. And so this concept of you can take something that's a that's a menial task that anyone can do that's usually boring and annoying, and you can turn that into a purpose-filled activity in your life that brings joy and meaning and purpose to everything you do. I, now, a lot of people worry that like, well, if I 
make everything I do so amazing, like maybe I won't progress and do better and have more. No, you wow. can always progress, have more and do more. I, I've heard this before. Where I've That's, shared this with someone. Wow, where like, wow. Well, aren't I supposed to not like where I am so that it drives me to continue to work harder to be better and, and go further in life? So I scratch my head and say, hey, why not do both? All right, a quick timeout. Again, thank you so much for joining me and Habits to Goals. I hope you are digging this interview. I want to share with you something pretty cool we've just thrown out there. You can catch this either live or recorded. It's a webinar I put on. It's about 60 minutes. It goes through nine major tips. It gives you background about the habit factor, a little bit about me, and an overview, an intro to something we have put together called the 28-Day Breakthrough. Fantastic course. Really, the goal of which is... It's the old, you don't feed a man a fish or woman, you teach them to fish. And so this is built above, beneath, around the habit factor, really gets in depth with mission, vision, values, some great modules around goals in particular, energy, the mastery mindset. Those are uh, modules that are included. Anyways, check it out. All you have to do is go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash 28. That's the number 28, 28, day, D-A-Y webinar. That's com forward slash 28 day webinar. You can get the info, sign up, and hopefully we'll see you on the inside. And with that, let's get back to this fantastic interview. Cheers. You know, why not have the determination to always want more and the, the, the drive to continue to improve and progress and get more and achieve more and give more and do more and experience more, yet the ability in your own mind and in your own heart to give yourself such meaning and depth to what you're doing now that allows you to feel pure, pure joy and, and true deep fulfillment in each and every day of your life. And the reason I bring this up, because the other thing that happened while I was living in that village um, was I had a little bout of malaria that I fought with. Holy and growing up in Southern California, we tend to fix all disease with green drink meditation and, you know, uh, sleep. So I, I tried all three and it didn't work. And I even argued with the doctor for you know, about a half a month saying, oh, no, I'll just meditate my way through it. And he laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, hey, pal, you know, I don't know where you're from, but around here, when you get sick, <laughs> take the freaking medication. Right. I'm like where I'm from, we meditate and drink wheatgrass. And he's like, okay, buddy. <laughs> and so we went back and forth and back and forth. And eventually um, it got to the point where, you know, one of my lungs started to shut down and I was having trouble breathing. And and he was like, okay, fella, like I need to figure out how to convince you that you need to take the damn medicine. Right. And so we went back and forth and eventually he said, okay, here, let me show you. So he took out – he's like, maybe you're visual. He took out some blood and he put it on a screen, ran a sample, and he's like, basically you have 55,000 parasites per one red blood cell right now. He says every eight to ten hours they're going to hatch. They're going to explode out of the cell and kill that red blood cell. They're going to go lay eggs in all the other cells of your body. They're going to massively dehydrate you because they feed on water, so they're going to soak all the water out of your body, and you're just going to feel like crap. And, and you know, 55,000, eight hours from now it turn into 110, then 220, then, you know, it just go and it'll go rapidly because you're, you're kind of at that hockey stick curve part of the, the, the rampant growth in your body. And so he said one thing that's crazy – 
is based on what's going on and based on how this is happening, according to my calculations, you got about six days. Yeah, well, that will wake you up. Yeah, so I'm 20 years old, being told I had six days left to live, potentially. And and that's obviously not part of the plan at 20. No. Um, that, that doesn't fit into my 20-year vision for my life and everything I want to accomplish, like the important stuff, having a family, you know, uh, building a business, graduating school, uh, maybe traveling more and doing good in the world. And a, a friend of mine, he, he was pouting over a girl a long time ago that broke up with him. So he went to Central America, and he ended up flipping a Jeep by accident. And when it happened, he, you know, he almost died. He, he was on the side of the road bleeding, and some dude on a moped saw him, picked him up, threw him over the back of a moped, and drove him like five miles to a clinic to save his life. <laughs> and in his experience of, you know, possibly facing death in that moment, he, something went through his head. He goes, you know, when anyone faces that moment, you realize there's really three three, three big things you got to pay attention to and the first is you know did you really live fully when life gave you the opportunity to did you squeeze the hell out of life and, and and take advantage of those opportunities and you know grab the bull by the horns and make the most out of it and he said number two you know did you really love did you love deeply with all of your heart and soul and give every ounce of your mind body and spirit and soul to the people that you cared about most in the moments where you could or did you hold back and then number three did you really matter by the way you lived your life, no matter how complex or simple it was that day, did you do something that will actually make a difference and far outlast your physical presence on this planet uh, when you physically are no longer here? Hmm. Well, that's I scratched my head right. at, at 20 years old and, and, you know, kind of pondering how would I have to live the next six days if that's all I had so that I know I lived fully, I loved deeply, and somehow I mattered. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm just processing. I wrote that down, but I want to contain these stories and move back to, uh, you handed the audience and myself an absolute gem here, which is this mindset we talk about all the time, whether we're going to own something and be responsible and proactive or we're going to sit around and wait for something. And mm -hmm. what I'm getting at is by deciding to add purpose to the menial, and by the way, that's just a subjective uh, title or tag we're putting on our work, um, by choosing to make that purposeful, we are taking responsibility and I totally agree with you. What happens there is you take, again, I hate to use the word menial, but, but you take this task and you add, you elevate it to a point where you can only move to the next level. I mean, there, it's almost impossible to not, um, continue to like somebody's going to notice and and like the 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 waiter who just does a bang up job becomes the manager and then they end up owning the restaurant and and I think what I love because one of the great twists Jarek on purpose is uh yeah you don't necessarily find it uh the one I love is you discover it by looking deep within but what you've added, this beautiful spin of 
you don't just discover it, but you put it into your work. So fantastic. Absolutely beautiful. And I know where the crazy thing is we, we had a slight technical difficulty and we're slightly short on time. And I'm going through some of the background here, but I'm going to have to bump it up a tad. Um, and by the way, thank you for that checklist with six days to live. Did you matter? Did you make an impact? I'm going to reiterate it so everybody can write this down. Did you love fully? And you said, did you live fully, right? Yep. Okay. So good stuff there. So so to speed this up just a hair, great background, great stories. Thank you so much. I told you, listener, this was going to be powerful. Um, that That whole purpose thing is fantastic. So how do you battle through tough days? Um, well, you know, I, I would say just to give reference, same story, uh, a tough day of someone telling you you got six days left to live, obviously. Right. <laughs> not, not my favorite day in the, in the, in the book of life. Um, but, but in looking at a day like that, what do you really do? And there's two choices. You, you can give up and be like, well, if I've got six days, I guess, uh, you know, I'm just going to go lie there and that's it. Or you can, you know, work to make it how you want it to be. And so I remember sitting there and being like, well, those are my two choices, give up or make life the way I want it. And if I want to make it the way I want it, I'm, I'm going to have to figure out what's my plan. And, and so on a tough day, if you figure out you're down, you got to figure out what's the plan. What's the plan to get back up? And, and you got to break it down into simple steps. So I, I looked at all the things that could help me become the healthiest, happiest, strongest, most fulfilled version of myself, the mental stuff, the physical stuff, the emotional stuff, Great. Um, you know, everything. And it's something that we've been working on and refining for, uh, God, what was it? 20, 30, 13 years now, uh, 14 years since when, when I've been doing, and we've been looking at how do we constantly refine the process of helping people become the happiest, healthiest, most fulfilled versions of themselves. And, and so some of the things that really helped me do that, um, number one, reviewing my 20 year vision for my life knowing where I'm headed long-term, my North Star, the thing that's guiding everything I'm doing. Because when I'm connected to where I'm headed in the long run, it inspires me to take the habits and actions necessary today in order to get there. Thank and you, so for, now, thank you, know, you for mixing in habit. Excellent. Keep going. <laughs> now, that daily habit I'm going to do each day, it makes sense. It's not just another thing that I have to get done today. It's something that, no, this is an investment in my 20-year vision for my life. Right. And by doing this today, it's given me the opportunity to land up there in the future or, or close to there or beyond there, wherever I land up. But but it, it's, it's linking up in my brain and allowing myself to feel like, wow, this investment today is going to allow me to get to where I want to be 20 years from now. So, so that's one big piece. Uh, another big piece, meditation. There, there's so many documented benefits of meditation, um, from, you know, an ant, being an antidepressant to helping yourself feel more self-confident to giving yourself peace of mind to better sleep, mindfulness. Like there's so many benefits psychologically, emotionally, better decision making, more assertiveness, um, more empathetic to other people's needs, the ability to, uh, block out the past and, and the, and the, you know, future, but really stay present in the moment. So many benefits. And so I, I take time to meditate on those days and just clear my mind and become very present in the moment. So even on a brutal day where the last thing you feel like doing is meditating, you find the, you find the willpower, the muscle to meditate. Well, let me put it this way. 
It's so many people, again, see meditation as a task they have to do, something I have to check off because it's good for me versus saying, hey, if I want all the benefits, I want clarity of mind, the ability to choose what to focus on, the ability to, you know, tabula rasa, the concept clean slate. I want to take time to clean out and clean up everything that's randomly floating around, clean it out. Start fresh with a new tab, you know, a new, new clean slate. And from there, I'm going to choose what thoughts to put in. Cause the other thing that tends to happen on days like that, a bad day, your mind gets flooded with fear, uncertainty, uh, things that freak you out. Yeah. You know, in my case, the possibility of dying, yeah. never getting to live my dreams, never giving to have the life I want, never getting to experience, you know, a child or my wife or anything like that. And, and so all that stuff flooded my mind and body. And I said, Hey, you know, by meditating, I'm choosing to clear out all the random thoughts and all the fears and uncertainties, and then I'm going to choose to replace them with the things I do want. And then from there, I'm going to work it back what I have to do today to actually move closer to that and actually go do something about it instead of sitting here, you know, frustrated or worrying. Got it. And, and so that's what I did. And, and so meditated. Focus on my 20-year vision. Figured out what has to happen today to get me there. Figured out what I had to do mentally, emotionally, physically, health-wise in order to get myself on track. Um, and then started taking action. And and at that time, you know, optimizing what I was putting in my body made a big difference. Uh, and, and it was kind of trippy because in that exact moment, anything that went in tended to come right back out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, but I had to figure out what could I put in my body that would help me sustain and stay strong physically while I'm going through this, you know, it, physical kind of challenging moment. Medicine. And, and, <laughs> um, you know, medicine helped, but the medicine made me sicker than I've ever been in my life. Uh, uh. And that's part of it. They said, when you take this pill, you're going to feel worse than you've ever felt in your entire life. I'm like, thanks for the pep talk, doc. Yeah. That right. really helped. Now I'm pumped to take it. And, and they said, because how it works is when you take pill number one, it causes all the malaria to hatch at the same time instead of in waves. Oh, so instead oh. of having, you know, 55,000 parasites, let's say all of a sudden you jump up to 180,000 parasites oh. in one hit. And so like your body just gets hit by a brick freaking wall, like a freight train smacks you. And then the second pill hopefully will kill them all. And he says, we're going to repeat pill one and two until we get it all out. Hmm. So I'm like, great. That sounds like a pleasant 12 days ahead of me. <laughs> and and that's what happened. I spent, you know, about 11, 12 days in the hospital going back and forth, pill one, pill two, pill one, pill two each day. And and we just kept doing it to push all the malaria out and then kill it off as it was, you know, hatched into my body. Hmm. And so that that those kind of bad days, meditation helped, um, you know, Learning how to control pain in my body by using my breath to control my autonomic nervous system. So there's simple breathing patterns you can use that allow you to kind of stay at your strongest mental and physical point. There's a really cool guy that we partnered up recently on a new program we created called his name's Wim Hof. Yeah, I thought you were going to mention him. Holds 23, you know, world records, Guinness Book World Records for getting his body to act, you know, be at super performance in frigid cold conditions. So he holds a record for the longest swim under an iceberg wearing just a pair of shorts on one breath. Yeah, it's on um, he holds crazy work world records. And and so, you know, learning breath techniques like that allow me to strengthen my mind and body and strengthen my emotional resilience and also my my ability to take on physical pain. Um while, while I'm going through a really shitty time. So the Wim Hof <laughs> stuff. No pun uh, intended. Hey um 
Yeah, my buddy did the that Poland mountain ice hike with Hoff or one of his uh, team. You know that. You know what I'm talking about, where they do the retreat and then they climb up the mountain in shorts. Yep. Yeah. So unreal. Uh, well, to keep this thing moving, and this is fantastic. How do you define success? Um, so for me, success is really simple. And this is what, you know, our company motto is it's getting to the person that needs us most at the moment they need us with exactly what they need. And, and that's our goal each and every day. Um, and you know, we've been blessed to be able to reach millions of people around the world with podcasts and books and yep. uh, programs and everything else we do. Uh, but the, the goal is really simple, reach one person each day who needs us. And, and the crazy part when we start the day is we don't know where they are, who they are, what they're going through or what's going on in their world or what they need. Um, but we go out on a mission and through podcasts, Facebook lives, Instagram messages, emails we send out, our products, our programs, our events, keynote speaking, all the stuff we do, our web, different websites we own and businesses we own. Between all that different stuff, our goal is to find a way to put something out that hits the person who needs it in that moment. And, and my belief is, if I do that each and every day, I'm successful. I love it. Repeat that mission again. Did I lose you? The moment they need us with a the message they need. Say, say it again. You cut out just a hair. Sure. To reach the people that need us most at the exact moment they need us with the exact message they need. Beautiful. I'm a huge proponent. We got a uh, 28-day breakthrough course coming out, and one of the fundamental pillars is, of course, the mission statement. So that's why I wanted you to repeat that, because when people are clear, i.e. JR right here, on their mission, everything else tends to begin to line up or align. Um, so it... And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes this idea of success, which is why I asked the question, much more attainable. Um, all right, we are rounding third, JR. How about give me two or three of your best habits? Did I lose you? Come on. Nope, I'm here. Okay, good. Um, I saw, saw the output so, so- in the dark. Yeah, best habits, really simple. Meditation, um, exercise every day, optimizing my meals and nutrition. Uh, All all, all these things are are, are things we focus on and talk about. And and, and again, something we put in a high-performance program on how to optimize a person. And and they're things we look at and they're things we use with all of our clients on on how to keep them at their absolute best person. That's fantastic. You there? Yep. Sweet. So I'm going to quick parenthetic statement for the listener. He said basically everything that revolves around energy, his diet, his exercise, meditation. I want the listener to remember your goal is out here. Just put your right arm out and then you are out here. Put your left arm out. It's going to take energy to go from the left arm to the right arm to your destination, which is why a guy like JR is focusing. He's, he's saying these are his best habits and they all have to do with optimizing his energy. So I'm just asking you listener to question, 
Are you optimizing your energy every day as you step into the day? So that's great. Do you mind sharing? Is there any habit or two? And again, this is optional. Some people, <laughs> some people pass, uh, one or two not so great habits that you're trying to, uh, correctify. Let's see. <laughs> Any? Um, I mean, one bad habit, I was just doing a, a Facebook Live when we were talking about this, and boundaries is one of the concepts. Uh-huh. And, and so one bad habit I have is, is wanting to try to be everywhere all the time, all at once, you Got know, it. doing as much as I can. And, and so it's probably a pretty bad habit to overextend and, and commit to too many things. And, you know, <laughs> the, the rectification is obviously practicing the art of saying no to more things um, and and the ability to, to stay focused on, on the core important ones that really make the difference. What, what I love about that is the prior podcast, and I'm not kidding. Well, again, I don't know when this airs, so, so it's not going to be probably prior to your air date, but, but if you go back and the last one that came out is called Why Adding Controls and Constraints to your life is essential. <laughs> so you hit the nail on the head there. Um, how about a favorite transformative book? If you go way back, something that pivoted your life. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> I mean... Depends on how far you want to go back. I, you, uh, there's no right or wrong answer. You could go back to four years old, man. Yeah. I, I mean, The Alchemist, obviously, is, is, is an inspirational book that really touched me and it was inspiring. As a Man Thinketh, you know, the concept of, of really learning about logotherapy and, and the meaning or purpose you attach to things are the meaning and purpose that show up in them. Isn't that um, awesome? Yeah. You know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The concept of, you know, I, I can't do that versus how can I do that? That is a game changer because you just look at everything you want to do in life. And instead of allowing the voices like, oh, I can't do that, be like, no, how can I do that? You know, how can I make that possible? And and, and that that's something that, that's threaded through multiple areas of my life, even university, like applying to a school, not getting in instead of going, oh, I can't go there. No, be like, how can I go there? You know, what has to happen? How do I need to adjust my approach to figure out how to get in and, and be able to maximize it? And so, so that, that concept really shaped a lot. Um, lots and lots of books. I mean, some of my, my recent favorites, probably the book, it, it's called Tools and it talks about different tools you can use to, to help better your life mentally and emotionally. Another book called The Power of Habit. Huge fan of habits. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, I know yours is the habit factor, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Another great book. Throw that one out there. Uh, the happiness advantage. Nice. The, the great book filled with lots of information on happiness. He breaks it down scientifically proven with all the research. Another book a friend of mine wrote called sleep smarter. He's someone who, who we partnered with in, in one of our most recent programs on how to optimize your sleep. And right. there's so many benefits to it. Hmm. So tons of great books. Well, I think first of all, an amazing hit list right there. I'll link to all of them from the show. Um, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think, share this to the audience member, the listener to realize that you just get a very quick sense how well read Jarek is. 
he just rattled off 10 books, all very, very powerful. Um, all right. So, and just by the way, I, you know, we're leaving a lot on the table. We're going to have to probably have you back. We could do this for days. But speaking of controls and constraints, it's good to button things up. One of your last books was Tools. So that's a beautiful segue here, Jarek. Um, something I like to ask, a favorite app, website, something that you kind of, and it, aside from the phone itself, something, a tech tool or gadget that, that you can't live without. Um, so, so going back to meditation, there's a great device called Muse that I use every single day with myself and my clients. And it's a, a medical grade EEG scan of, of your brain waves. And what happens is you sit down and you meditate with it on your forehead and it literally tracks and it tells you how well you're able to calm, clear and focus your mind. And so when you're super active with lots of thoughts, you hear thunderstorms and lightning bolts. And then when you're completely calm, uh, you hear little tweeting birds. And, and so that, slash device that we definitely use every single day and it makes such a big difference because it allows you to get feedback on how well you're actually able to to be present and, and really truly Calm do it mind. so many wow. yeah so many people try to meditate and they close their eyes talk to themselves for 20 minutes open their <laughs> eyes and go i think i did a good job i don't know um and this one actually shows you how well you could do and it gives you little insights and tips on how you can actually better your performance um for, for that one if people want are interested in checking it out, you can use the link highperformancemuse.com. And I think it gives like 15% off or something like that. Well, that's sweet. I think you just pushed me over the edge. I know when we had lunch, you showed it to me and I was kind of geeking out and then, you know, life happened. So now you have pushed me over the edge. Give me that URL again, highperformancemuse.com. Yep. Highperformancemuse.com. Sweet. I will link to that as well. Um, all right, before we sign off, my friend, and great job. Thank you so much. That was just amazing. Is there any, um, you're always, you know, being the great entrepreneur that you are, you, you got a project here or there. Is there anything worth, uh, pimping out, promoting anything you want to share with the audience? Um, the, the new high performance program we have yep. is, is we're proud of it. We're very, very proud of it. Uh, if you go to udemy.com slash high performance, it'll pop up. It's in partnership with Udemy. Uh, and then if you want, I'll, I'll send you guys a, a link you can put to in the show notes that'll, um, we'll do like a 50, 60% discount for everybody if, oh my if, God. if listening. That's huge. So we'll, we'll give you a code. You can throw it in the, the notes and they can use that to grab a discount if they like to grab a copy. That would be fantastic. What a gift. And, uh, yeah, that's Udemy, right? U-D-E-M-Y. Um, I will just link to it again. I don't think this is probably going live until the new year. Uh, just keep that in mind. Hopefully, you know, I know some of that stuff has an expiration date. Um, all right. With that, Jarek, we're pretty close to on time. You have been the all-star rock star. Is there any kind of passing thoughts, final words, comments you want to share before you sign off? Um, the, the core message we live by, and this is just something we try to spread out into the world, which is, it's just simple. Learn it, live it, give it, uh, you know, take time to learn what it takes, 
to, to turn your dreams into reality and learn as much as you possibly can. Uh, second, live it. Fully apply all that you learn and, and really put it into practice. Get the physical results. Like live your life to the fullest. Uh, and, then, and then finally, give it. Find a way to pay forward. Everything that works for you, not as the five fucking golden pillars of how others need to live their life, <laughs> but but more so as like, hey, hey, guys, here's what's working for me. I hope it helps. You know, take it, take it or leave it. Please apply it. And, uh, you know, hopefully it helped you have a better life in the process. Well, that was fantastic. I say learn it, live it, give it is a great way to earlier. I asked you for the definition of success. You'd be hard pressed to say that that's not it. Um, and now I have to slam the explicit tag on this show. Thanks Sorry. to you. No, that's all right, man. Great job again. Thank you very much. Everybody's clapping for you. And, uh, we'll see you around the beach soon, Jarek. Take care. Today's episode is brought to you by audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's, I, the more people I turn on to it, the more, uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.